Welcome to our first episode of Father Daughter Horror House, a podcast where a father and daughter watch, discuss, and review horror movies from our respective generations. Uh, my name is Steve, and I'll cover movies I grew up on watching and loving uh, from the 70s through the 90s. Uh, and I've been introducing them to my daughter, my oldest daughter, who wishes to go by the name Tater Tot. Hi, uh, I'm the aforementioned Tater Tot, and I've been watching and enjoying horror movies for as long as I can remember. Uh, I was first introduced to the, to the genre of horror by my dad, and I love everything from the classic slashers and the practical effects of the 80s to the films I will be covering from the 2000s to now. All right. So basically, uh, each week, we're going to be covering uh, two films. I'm going to take a film from uh, the, the movies from the 70s through the 90s um, that I'm going to basically give you basic facts on, uh, you know, who was in it, who did it. And our general thoughts on it. And uh, Tater Tot, how about you? Um, yes, I will be doing the same as that, but for more modern horror movies from the 2000s and so forth. All right, so our first episode. Um, this week, I'm going to be covering the movie uh, Maximum Overdrive. So let's jump into it. Um, Maximum Overdrive came out in 1986, uh, directed and written by Stephen King. Honestly, scariest part of the movie for me. Uh, wasn't it? It, it was. Uh, this movie was plagued with so many issues. Um, take take away the fact that he was coked out of his tree the entire filming process. Um, there was a rumor that uh, the legend uh, John A. Romero uh, took over directing duties whilst he was in rehab for his cocaine addiction. Really? Yeah. And, you know, George A. Romero, legendary, as far as, like, you know, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him, definitely. Oh, great. Oh, okay, so this movie, again, 1986, this was probably one of the first horror movies I ever saw as a kid. I would have been about five years old, and I just saw it on TV, and, like, I love this. From the, uh, the ACDC plan throughout the entire film, and just the ridiculous concept behind it. Like, first off, the movie starts with um, reading. Because, you know, when I go to a movie, the first thing I want to do is read. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate subtitles. And uh, the premise is it that there's this comet. And uh, the tail of the comet is the Earth will be in it for roughly a week. Like, I don't remember the exact time. Yeah, it was, like, seven days and eight hours. I'm probably like, more of <laughs> Like, 52 seconds. Some yeah. ridiculous, accurate number. Um, so the Earth is in the tail of this comet, and apparently it creates all electronic and motorized objects to become sentinel and to start killing off mankind. Like, that was in the book. <laughs> Wasn't it, like, something alien in the movies? Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, at the end of the movie, you end up finding out apparently there was a, a large alien spaceship just out beyond Earth's orbit, and a, uh... And no it, one saw it. No one saw it. Yeah. Too busy watching the trucks run them over. <laughs> okay, so this movie uh, started off with a $10 million budget. Uh, and opening weekend, it hit $3.2 million, And worldwide, it only recouped $7.4 million. So this movie lost a bunch of money. Yeah. And most of it, I'm assuming, went up Stephen King's nose. <laughs> it, it, oh, I will tell you. 
and again, people asked, like I said, this is the first and only movie that Stephen King ever directed out of all the, the adaptations of his films. This is the only one he did. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to after that. Well, no, it's, uh, people ask him, they say, uh, he was quoted, they, when they went to him, and said, why have you not directed a movie since this? And his direct quote was, just watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, you watch and go, I get it. I really do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stephen King actually has a cameo in this movie right at the very beginning. He's trying to use an ATM machine, which calls him an asshole multiple times. And I think they put that in after the fact. He's like, yeah, I, I earned that. <laughs> oh, but again, this movie, several mishaps. Uh, a lot of goofs that took place. Um, the biggest one uh, was the, the cinematographer. Yeah, um, he lost an eye, didn't he? He lost an eye. Uh, there was a scene where they have an electronic, or uh, sorry, not electronic, obviously, uh, a remote control lawnmower. But they never took the blade out of the lawnmower. Yeah, that... That's just asking for trouble. Yeah, and it hit uh, some debris, which shot a piece of wood back at the cinematographer, which hit him in the face, and he ended up losing an eye from it. Uh, and then one of the uh, the dolly grips, uh, Gene Poole, was pulled aside at the very last moment uh, during the scene where the ice cream truck uh, blows up and flips. He was almost crushed. They had to pull him away from it. Really? Yeah. Like, the poor kid could have died. Oh, yeah, it was not good. Oh. I can tell, Jesus Christ. No. But again, you imagine had someone actually died on the set. The lawsuit, and the fact Stephen King would never have made a movie after this. They were like, well, we love your work, but we can't, we just can't risk it. Yeah, like. But funny enough, though, he cameos in so many of his movies. You know? Yeah, like. So, anyway, so this movie uh, did not do well, uh, even though I love it. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I could watch this over and over. Do you, do you like it because, like, how bad it is, or is there, like, a reason you like it? I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, it's so bad, it's good. You know? Really? Like, the, the premise behind it, ridiculous. Like, oh, my nozzle on my diesel isn't working. What am I going to do? Look down the barrel. You might as well just put a loaded gun in your mouth. Yeah, You're... honestly. <laughs> but there was so many cool things about this, like the soda machine lobbing cans at people, hitting them in the face. The crotch shots, again, never getting to get old. Ever. You can hit a guy in the crotch 20 times a week, I'm like, it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know, but all I know is that I've seen guys writhing on the freaking ground. Oh, it just is. Just from being like... Gently tapped. Yeah, and I just I love the coach from the baseball team when he gets crushed by the soda machine. He's like, because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> okay, so the basics of this movie. Um, uh, let's see here, who was in it? It was uh, Emilio Estevez. You know, he was uh, the main lead for this movie, the the hero as it comes down to, uh, which originally uh, Stephen King wanted Bruce Springsteen to be the lead role. I've never heard of him. Bruce Springsteen? Oh, yeah, I, to... I don't... I'm not... We I don't will, remember names. We will educate you. Bruce Springsteen isn't even an actor. Uh, he's um, a musician. Uh, he's best probably... I don't know. Best known for uh, Born in the USA. Uh, it's a, a song from the 80s. Yeah, I Actually, don't... Actually, Courtney uh, Cox got her first role uh, in a music video for him. Really? Yeah. And she went on to do movies like Scream, which we will get into eventually. Like... This podcast, we don't want to just hit up all the basics. We're not going to hit up the classics like 
uh, Jaws, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, we will probably end up covering them, but we're not going to do them all because anybody and their grandma has talked and discussed about movies like that. Yeah. I want to hit up some movies like Maximum Overdrive where they're not talked about as much. You know, and like I said, even the movie Scream, they introduce you to all the the three big rules of a horror movie, right? Which I'd love that they address. Yeah, what are they again? Like the first one. Don't have You're not allowed to have sex. Yeah, don't have sex. Don't You're, drink or do drugs. Right. And the third one is you never, never say, say I'll, I'll be, be right, right back. back. Because you're never going to come back. Oh, and that is just so true. So many. It's a cliche, but it's fact. Okay? Also in this movie, uh, Laura Harrington. Uh, she hasn't done very many movies since Maximum Overdrive. A lot of TV work. But uh, the other big role she did was she played the devil's daughter in Devil's Advocate with uh, Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. I know that one. I love that movie, too. Oh, let's see here. Uh, and uh, the other big name is uh, Yardley Smith. And she actually went on to do the voice of Lisa Simpson. Yeah, like... Which the... destroys this movie for me. Because every time she opens her mouth, all I hear is Lisa Simpson. Yeah, like you said, you told me. I can't remember the exact words, but you told me, like, does this person sound familiar? And I spent like a solid 20 minutes just trying to be like, where did I hear that from? Where does, where's that voice from? And as soon as he told me, that's just all I could hear. No, and you can't unhear it. Yeah, exactly. So the whole movie, when she's yelling, Curtis, Curtis, what are you doing? I'm like, just don't, shut up. Don't you dare make me a widow on my wedding day. Oh, I, just, I, wanted, I was hoping a truck would just run her down on principle. <laughs> Please, someone just run her over to shut her up. Yeah, speaking of people that I want to get hit by a truck, that waitress lady. Oh, she had that coming, though. Yeah. But she got shot. Honestly, it was disappointing to not see her get hit by a car, but... Well, and... It sounds really bad. That does sound really bad. (laughs) But think about it, too. The thing about this movie I don't grasp... Yes, you have a motor, you have uh, an engine of sorts, you're electronic, you can function. That's the rules of this movie. Right, yeah. I don't see how a gun can fire... Without someone pulling the trigger. There's no electronics. There's no computer chip. It's strictly mechanical. Yeah, you pull a trigger, it it blows. Yeah. There's nothing mechanical about that. So nothing happens. Like, I don't understand that concept of the film. But anyway, it's Stephen King. Coked out of his tree. You gotta let it slide. Yeah, a lot of things in the movie you have to let slide. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, no, Stephen King's son, uh, Joe Hill, apparently is in talks to do uh, a reboot of Maximum Overdrive. And I can... Minus all the coke, I'm guessing. I would hope so. I truly hope so. Because I would love to see a more modern take on it. Yeah, you know? like, we'd all be dead with, like, smartphones and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so... And at the end of the movie... No, again, spoiler. Um, yeah, if you're watching a horror podcast reviewing movies without... Without planning on hearing spoilers, I have no idea what you're doing. Well, especially movies that are from the 70s through the 90s. If if you haven't watched these yet, and you're listening to a horror podcast, you will have your card revoked. Because there's you should not be just, listening to these movies, just, about these movies. Just just stop, yeah. close close the app, and just get out. Yeah. Well, well don't, don't do that, because we yeah. really want you to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that's just we it. We can't handle any exactly. more rejection. Exactly, we can't handle rejection. 
But if you saying if you haven't seen Jaws or like Hellraiser or The Exorcist, and you're calling yourself a true horror fan, you're lying to yourself yeah. and others. Stop it. You gotta see the classics. Absolutely, and again, and there's movies that like Tater Tot. You're gonna cover movies that are more current, and I'm sitting there going, I've never heard of it. Please tell yeah. me more. So when you're telling me, hey, here's what we're watching tonight, I'm sitting there going, never heard of it. Yeah, it's like. You don't even have to, like, watch classics to call yourself a horror fan. You just have to get out there and watch what horror movies you enjoy. Yeah, it doesn't have, matter if you've heard them or not. Have an appreciation for it, for the genre. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at. What would you say is your favorite type of horror movie? Honestly, creature features. Oh, like love a creature feature. Especially Wendigos. Like, for me, werewolves. Like, Wendigos, completely overlooked creature, honestly. Oh, for sure cannibalistic deer-like creature hunting people down in the woods well, perfection the, yeah it's the spiritual element too yeah. and if you when we get around to it because we will cover this uh stephen king's um pet cemetery yeah i heard yeah they were resurrected by when like wendigo spirit type thing right in the book the movie totally does not go that route but yeah. the remake does go that route so it, it's very confusing but the thing is it's past the 90s, right? So you'd have to cover that version of Pet Cemetery, And I don't want to cover both. Yeah, you can't. On the same episode. Cover them back to back. <laughs> That's just weird. All right. Okay, so and the last point I have here is uh, the name of the island that they are trying to escape to that has no running motors of any type is called Haven, which is also the name of a book uh, and a TV series that Stephen King produced in 2010. Oh, really? Apparently it's like a continuation of the same thing but when they get there in the book when they get to haven there apparently are electronics and they start picking people off again so i mean as one does well it's just like the end of uh the reboot they did of uh dawn of the dead they get to this island they're all safe and happy and then oh nope zombies here too well bad we didn't think this okay so that's all i have oh no one last point i have um Again, this movie was so bad uh, that in uh, the 1986, uh, the 6th Annual Golden Razzie Awards, Stephen King was nominated for the worst director. Oh, frick. Okay, think about it. Did he win? He was hurting people on set. He was coked out of his tree, and he still didn't win worst director. It went to uh, Sylvester Stallone for Rocky IV. Honestly. (laughs) Which, I can't remember which one that was. Was that the one with Hulk Hogan? I have no idea. Or Mr. I T. I don't remember. I can't remember. I just remember it was really bad. Oh, I just, I'm not big on the Rocky franchise. Uh, okay, so anyway, that is all I've got for this week on Maximum Overdrive, which, again, on Rotten Tomatoes, because I don't understand why they're the the go-to for movie ratings. Yeah, you know? I guess it's like professional and just normal people, I guess. Yeah, anyone can have their, their opinion heard. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, this movie hit 15%. 15? 15. 15. And the audience score was 50%, so they're split right down the middle. The audience either you liked it or you didn't, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a movie where definitely there's a split line in between it. Oh, clearly. You either, like I said, you loved it or you hated it. And personally, I love it. So that's all I got on Maximum Overdrive from 1986. Um, Tater Tot, what film did you make us watch today? <laughs> um, well, I decided to go with a movie that kind of had 
kind of did like a good introduction for me. Well, like on the podcast, I'm I'm sorry. I, this is my first time doing something like this. This is the first episode. It's late. I'm sorry if this is all out of whack. But I decided on the Banana Splits movie. It was based on the Banana Splits TV show by Hannah Barbia. Barbera. Barbera Productions. Oh, Hannah Barbera. Classics. Yeah, if you, if like, you go, isn't that Flintstones? Yeah, you can go back to like the Flintstones, the Jetsons. They did all the cartoons from the 70s and 80s too. So they are way back in time. Yeah, Yogi definitely. Bear. Yeah, Yogi Bear, like all hey, those. Hey, boo boo. <laughs> Get my picnic basket. He's Italian for some reason. <laughs> Alright, go on. What do you got? Yeah, it was directed by Danska Esterhays. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know who he is. I'm sure he's going to be an up-and-comer. Like, if he's... He did... This movie wasn't horrible. Yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. Like, the effects, amazing. Honestly, I just wanted to watch this movie just for the practical effects. Yeah, well, like I said, when you get to see a guy get sawed in half. Yeah. You know, first of all, the guy had it coming. Yeah, he... I hated that guy. Like I said, this whole movie, I'm sitting there going, please kill him. Again, it sounds very sadistic of us to say this, but we're sitting there going, I want him to die, I want him to die. Oh, and her, kill that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly... Please. (laughs) Yeah, without context, but honestly, yeah. Throughout the whole movie, I was like, God, when is this guy gonna die? Like, he's cheating on his wife. Just, when is he gonna die? Come on, bring, give us here, give it here. He did die in the end, thankfully, but, uh... He was hit by a second car, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hit by I, two... I thought he died from the first guy he got run over. Yeah, me too, but then, like, nope, apparently he's back and he's more of a dick than ever. Ugh. Um, the, it was unknown box box office sales, but... It was rated a 5 out of 10 on IMD. Did, IMDb. It go to, did it go to the box office or was it a straight DVD release? I don't know. I or think Blu-ray. It, I think it was just straight to DVD. But it was... It made an estimated... That's a big number. Uh, 279000 That's all it made? Uh, yeah, US and Blu-ray and DVD home media sales. Wow. So clearly... Wait, go back up. Sorry. Yeah. $280,000. Wow. Yeah, not a lot for the type of movie it was. Um, it was supposedly based on the unused and rejected Five Nights at Freddy's script from the Warner Bros. Orig- from when the Warner Bros. originally had the movie rights. But it was scrapped, and that movie is now coming out this year. Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, that'll be interesting. Along with Willy's Wonderland. I'm excited for oh, that one. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. You can never go wrong with a Cage film. Yeah. That's a lie. You can. <laughs> bees. I, I, not the bees. <laughs> I saw a meme once where it showed Nicholas Cage at a restaurant and he's waving <laughs> off the waiter and says, Nicholas Cage finally turns down a role. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I, seriously, there's not a film <laughs> this guy will not do. Like, I understand he's broke and he needs the money. Yeah, he's he's a good actor though. Like he can. Turn... That's being generous. Yeah. High praise. Um. <laughs> yeah, like remember what was that one called, Mandy? I did I see Mandy? It was like a rock star drug trip. I like, never saw that one. It's pretty good. Are you gonna cover that one? You think? 
Is it a horror? From what I would say, yeah. From what I've, I've seen the trailer. I mean, it was pretty bloody. Like, the guy's co- like he, Nick's covered well, in blood at the end. Well, think about what defines a horror movie. Yeah, didn't uh, the Dead Meat podcast, didn't they do a big one on this? They recently did uh, an episode where they talked about what defines a horror movie. And again, you can't just sit back and go, well, it's got, it's got a monster in it. Or it's got aliens. Because those could be qualified as, or classified as, sci-fi. More yeah, than exactly. But I think a horror movie is, for me, if it's something that scares you or leaves you with like uh, a feeling of dread at the end of it, that's a horror movie. Yeah. Like you can bring up a slasher like Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Voorhees. Those are classic horror movies because they have a, a directive right in front of you saying, he's a bad guy, he's going to kill you, be scared of him. Yeah, exactly. But then you get into movies like Annihilation. Or Jurassic Park. Jurassic even. Park. Are they horror movies? I can I don't know. Like that's for me. I don't qualify those as certain horror movies. They are scary, but not a horror movie. Yeah, like also the score has to do a lot with the horror movies as well. Oh yeah, like I said, you get Jaws up there. You go on. Okay, as it's coming at you. It's gonna. That's supposed to entice fear. You got... I'm not scared. I'm looking at who's playing the flute, and that's kind of <laughs> creepy. But, you know, hopefully they're not in my bedroom when I'm trying to sleep, because <laughs> I wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, like all the girls. Like the, I'm... the golden girls? As they showed my bedroom in the middle of the night, I'm like, uh, Blanche, get out. I was trying to insult you, because you're lonely, but yeah, that's a lot better. I th- you meant girls in general, or golden girls? I like girls in general. Uh, well, we'll see. So what do you got? What else you got to add to it? Um, all right, so I got that point done. Um, all, there are four animatronic characters, and I say that in quotation marks because they are clearly people in suits, but you can't, if you go in there with the expectations, they're going to be super cool AI robots, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, apparently, the, the Banana Split show started in 1969. So uh-huh. I just cannot see such advanced electro- animatronics in 1969. Yeah, of course not. So I think they just want us to believe a little bit more than we're willing at this point. Yeah. Like, they used animatronics. Well, they used people in suits, but... Dancers, weren't they? Yeah, dancers. Oh, I could not imagine being in that suit all day. Yeah, those must have been freaking hot, especially Snorky the elephant. Oh. Just covered in fur and that big, like, junky looking head. But, like I was saying, there was three, no. Four. I can't count. There was four, uh, four characters. Uh, Bingo the monkey, Drooper the lion, Snorky the elephant, and Fleagle the dog. I love Fleago. Just he's got fleas. <laughs> but all the three talking ones, since Snorky did not talk, all three were oh, voiced yeah. by. I never even noticed that. Yeah, he never talked. Huh. Cause he didn't have like a visible mouth or something like that. Won't be under his trunk, wouldn't it? Yeah. All three uh, voiced characters were voiced by Canadian actor Eric. Boswa. 
That's a mouthful. Yeah. But he was also the voice voice of characters such as Bugs Bunny, Daffy the Duck, Marvin the Martian, Pepe Le Pew, a whole <laughs> Sorry. A I whole just, bunch of new characters. I, I, I have an issue with Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. He is such like he's he's gonna go to jail for yeah, sexual harassment. Yeah, I get I'm sorry, he bothers me. I get that kind of vibe from him too. Oh mon chéri. Come over here. No, piss off. Leave me alone. Okay, I'm not interested. It's a cat with paint. It's always a cat with paint. Yeah. Like, you think he'd learn. But yeah, you know, like... sexual predators never do. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, go on. He also... That's, a, that's a weird tangent. Let's talk about... Okay, go on. Also, a few new more in the new Space Jam that's coming out, Space Jam New Legacy. What? Space Jam's getting a sequel? Yeah, New Legacy. Sweet. Well, Who it's they, not... Who's Michael Jordan? Yeah, I don't think it's like a... I think it's a reboot. Oh, not a, not a sequel? I don't know. Oh, sad. Oh, he also voices Splinter in the new Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but also a lot more. He, I kind of got like a Tigger vibe. Yeah, I think he also voiced Tigger at some point. Oh, okay. Woohoo! Okay, that's shitty Tigger, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That, that was a really <laughs> shitty Tigger. I apologized. What else you got? Tell me more. Cut off his arm, but I apologized. I uh, did cut off his arm. He did himself. <laughs> Wait, what? Go on. Okay, um... I'm gonna move over here a little bit. Uh, the main theme song... Main... <laughs> oh, God. The main rock it's theme song. It's stuck in my head to this day. tra la 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 Hey, if I have to deal with it, I want everyone else on this <laughs> podcast to have to hear it, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure masochists aren't listening to this. Oh, you know they are. It's our demographic. That's what we're going for. <laughs> Wait, what? Small children and masochists. That's who I want listening <laughs> that's to a this. Very, it's a very wide range. Uh, Is it? You can have masochist children, can't you? Like, as far as I know, all the little kids I know are little devil spawns, and they're like, they're just breaking shit. I'm like, <laughs> tell me, you tell me one kid who'll just walk around breaking shit like a cat knocking bottles off counters going just staring at you when they do it yeah well, yeah they they are yeah honestly yeah I hate I, children <laughs> wait why'd you <laughs> listen just because i have a couple doesn't mean uh i don't like those ones dad what hey you're my favorite you know it oh hell yeah just don't tell the other ones fuck you language oh i'm sorry Fuck it, you is. <laughs> was, that, was that bad? You just upset all our German listeners. <laughs> I hope you're happy now. Wait, we have German. Why would they be listening to an English podcast? Germans are very defiant. Well. They're going to listen to it just for spite. We're going to jack up the ratings, haha. <laughs> please, please do. Germans, tell all your friends, your French friends, your Italian friends. Um, we're not going to translate this into another language, but... Uh, that's your problem, isn't it? Yeah, have fun with that. Go uh, on, Germans. The main main rock theme. It's, here's the thing. Episode one, we're just trying to piss off everyone. <laughs> we're pissing off children, masochists, <laughs> Germans. You don't with piss the, off the Germans. I no, thought, they're going to get pissed anyway. They're just what they're German. World War II. Oh, yeah. You, you, oh. Don't, you don't piss off the Germans. Sorry, my bad. I love your strudel. <laughs> That's, well, what? That's German, right? They make strudel? I don't know, but you probably did something racist there. Um, wow. 
Anyways, the main rock theme song was by Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. Oh, yeah. Mr. Like, Fallout himself. He's a pretty good band. Uh, this movie does have lots of big names and lots of gore, but big, I can't pronounce half of them. Big names? Who was big? I didn't see anyone I recognized in this film. Um, I meant that as a joke. Like, there's a... Oh, what's... What, I can't... Joshua I, Calumbe. No clue. <laughs> Is that the guy who proposed with his girlfriend via inner, uh, Instagram? No, no, no. That was Chris Karshan Nido. I probably just yeah. offended the show. Go on IMBD. Look at these people. But yeah, this guy I really wanted to die. Uh, he sneaks a phone into the soundstage for uh, the, the filming of this movie or uh, TV series. Uh, he sneaks in a phone it's and a then. movie inside a movie and he sneaks onto the soundstage. With a phone to propose to Poppy or Kalina, Kalina, yeah, but that'd be that'd be Selena Martin. Selena Martin. I can't read. But again, that that bothers me. People who uh, who purposely go out for like mass events like this just to get attention. Yeah, that's horrible, honestly. So yeah, when he got. His comeuppance. I was like, good. Yeah, he got sawn in half. And that brings me to another point. The practical effects. He got sawed in half by a clearly paper... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, paper cutting to death. Paper cutting to death. That's Um, the way to go. That'd be worse than getting a wedgie to death. Wedgied to death. Well, it's like the movie Terrifier when that girl was strung upside down and sawed in half. Okay, you can do a lot of damage with a hacksaw. Not that. So imagine having your underwear ripped through you. <laughs> you know, the screams alone would be amusing to me. What? You don't think getting ripped in half by your own underwear would be hilarious? No, it was the scream part. Oh. Are you okay? Well, think about it. You, you're, you're getting cut in half by a saw. You're going to be sitting there going, well, I'm not going to do it. But you can get, you could be screaming. It's going to hurt. Right? You're getting, right. Your underwear ripped through you, it's going to take a few tries. You'll be like, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, stop, ah. <laughs> it's like, oh. that, That's just, depends on the, on, like if, if they're a male, their underwear would just rip first thing, well, first that's, pull. That's because men don't buy new underwear. You know, I still I've had the same, these since I was 12. I, exactly. I've had the same pair of underwear since I was like 13, you know. Yes, they're a little snug and they don't fit and they're probably <laughs> ripped as shit, but uh, they're still good. They're comfortable. I like it. I'm a man of simple tastes. Dude. I washed them, okay? I mean, I hope so. But yeah. there's just less and less every time they come out of the wash. <laughs> soon, soon you're just going to pull like a single string out of your It's just going to be the elastic band. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Oh, and I got the song in my head again. <laughs> Good. Tra la 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 la. Perish. Oh, the snorky shuffle. Oh. The snorky shuffle was adorable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the end of the movie was really kind of nice for me because it was over. 
Uh, but but at the end of it, you end you end introduced to a fifth character. Oh yes, that's that's the point well, I really wanted to get to. Yeah, hit me. So after Thad proposed to Poppy, and then the dog character, Flegel. 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 Yeah, it's Flegel. Oh okay. Uh, he sawed Thad in half, and they pulled the. It was like one of those saw blocks that magicians use. Right. Yeah. And what happened was, the he got sawed in half, and the box went to the sides, and it was amazing practical effects. You just see his guts, his spine drooped down. It was, honestly, a really nice thing. There thing was to some. See. There was some pretty good gore in this movie. I was really surprised. Yeah, like uh, Stevie getting that lollipop shoved down his throat. Oh, that's cool. But again, I was expecting such a low-budget film. I was expecting, like, jam thrown uh, thrown against a wall. I go, oh, splatter. Like, this was actually really good-looking blood. It was you know, when you got, that woman got hit in the face with a hammer. Oh, you know, yeah. Her eyeballs, like, popping that out. That was awesome. It honestly. was cool. Like, they really took their time to hammer home this, uh, no pun intended, um, <laughs> the visuals of this film. Yeah, because she died by a hammer. Yeah. She got taken to Hammertown, as he says. As they say. Trooper. I think it was Flegel, wasn't it? I can't tell my part. The lion and the dog look almost identical. The lion has a big tail. Yeah, but I'm not looking at his ass. <laughs> very... That's new for you. Hey, what I do in my spare time is my business. Okay? Just don't read my internet history. Yeah, I, learned, just... I learned my lesson the first time. Well, that's your own fault. Um, stay away from my furry web pages, and we won't have any more problems, will we? <laughs> so, anyway, tell me about the ending. Yes. This, I want to hear this new character. <laughs> this is part I was really excited about. Because I get to nerd, nerd out about a game series I really like called Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, and the ending, uh, Poppy, the character that had to watch her new fiance get sawn in half. See, she got made a widow on her wedding day. Yeah, she got made a widow. See, wedding. these movies, they came together. It wasn't, it wasn't her ah, wedding. Close enough. It, it was the proposal day? I don't know. Close enough. I'll take it. Is this some straight people thing I don't understand? Um... Well, think about it. There are some people who have been married for 20 years, wish they could be like, wow, we should have cut that in half, no pun intended, a long <laughs> time ago. Anyways, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, but Poppy, she finds the creator, and he talks about this new character that Is he that was playing. Is that his name, the creator? Yeah, it was something like that. All right, I'll, I'll believe you. Either that or Carl, I can't remember. Carl the Creator. I'm going to refer to him. Sorry, real quick, I don't mean to interrupt. That's cool. One of the the horror movie tropes I just really bothers me is like the security guard. Yeah. When he got his head cut off, but he's just standing there perfectly fine, and then until someone touches his shoulder and his head falls off. Yeah, that pisses me off so much. Because your head would not sit on your shoulders. With no blood, no indicator or anything, you're just, oh, excuse me, Mr. Security Guard, tap you and your head falls off. I mean, the gore in that one was amazing, but, like... After the fact. It's a horrible trope. I yeah. hate it. And then he got hit by a car, which he kind of deserved, but... <laughs> Second time? Or was no, that the that first was, time? that was the first time. Oh, okay. He, like, backed up into it, and what, Snorky was just, like... Snorky runs him down. Into him. 
So then, yeah, like, as I was saying, Poppy finds her creator, and she gets mad at him, and he talks about this character named Hootie, Hootie the Owl, and basically, he tells her about how he, she was the fifth of the Banana Split gang, who he was still making <laughs> before the show who? got made, it got cancelled. Who? 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 It's my owl. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. I, yeah. I heard you. <laughs> Shut it. Uh, anyways, yeah, he's talking about it. And she puts on the owl costume, which is more of a helmet and a claw type thing, like Freddy Krueger. Again, and that bothered me. Like, this is a kid show, right? And how sharp are these claws that this animatronic is supposed to be walking around stage around children with? Yeah, exactly, like... Like, it's, like, here's the thing. I have been on two movie sets in my life, and they are um, very strict about what goes on, like, union rules and such. And, like, in this movie, they're just walking around freely. They're going anywhere they want. Yeah, You can't do that on a movie set. It's, like, the same with, like, what was it, Wishmash? Wishmaster and the girl coming up, like, just right onto a crime scene, crime scene, like... And right? no one stopped her? Exactly. That really irks me. Like these again, it's one of those other horror movie tropes where it's like anyone can walk onto a crime scene. Anyone can walk anywhere they please because rules don't apply for some reason. Yeah, it's just it's stupid and it annoys me. But anyways, she finds a creator. I'm sorry we're jumping around a lot, uh Yeah, we're new to this whole podcast thing, so we will get better as the the episodes go hopefully and uh, if you stick around I trust me we were gonna we got some good movies in the works we've we've already watched a couple and there's a couple uh, we got lined up and uh, it's gonna be a little bit fun you know just like our quirkiness here that we're just gonna be back and forth but uh, we'll we'll get into a rhythm don't worry yes so go back to Hootie back to finish yes. Hootie yes back to Hootie. The creator is talking to her, and she puts on the hoodie mask and claw, which, again, going on that big tangent about sharp things around kids. Safety. Safety and shit. Uh, And then she goes into the thing, and she gets mad at him, saying, like, oh, it's your fault my fiancé's dead and all that stuff. But, and then she kills him, supposedly. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, like... The whole classic blood on the walls thing. Yeah, it was an end credit scene where it was, like, fingers, but I don't know who lost those fingers, so... It it was a very short end credit scene. Yeah, it was a rat running over two severed fingers. Yeah. But I immediately drew parallels to the Five Nights at Freddy's universe, where she puts on a mask. Like, just a quick rundown for the Five Nights at Freddy's VR and the Five Nights at Freddy's 8 security breach. There's a killer Vanny who wears a bunny mask, and then is, when she puts the mask on, she is instantly controlled by uh, the person who created all the Five Nights at Freddy's animatronics, William oh, Afton. Yeah, I would say that, because she, when she put that helmet on, right away, she almost seemed, like, possessed. Yeah, like, she instantly just... Someone different. Immediately going from scared... Scared lady to, like... Murderous? Frick this guy, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, murderous. So I immediately drew that parallel. And 
thought, yeah, this this was the part that made me think it was a Five Nights at Freddy script. Because it, it did instantly flow off the Five Nights at Freddy's VR and security breach. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, Vanny with the bunny mask and then her with the owl mask immediately turning on the creator and killing him, basically. Well, literally. Yeah, literally. So, overall, out of rating out of five, what would you put this down as? I mean, the story was lackluster, and the actors could have been better. The actors were shit. Yeah. Like, the guy who was trying to push his daughter to the producer... That She's guy like, was an ass. I was <laughs> waiting for him to die too. And it makes his daughter like what? What do you think she was like? Ten years old. Yeah, young. Doing like ten like, or eleven. Yeah. Look at all my lumps and junk and humps. I don't even know the song, but I was. What are you gonna do with all that junk? There you go. That's not a ten-year-old song. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. It reminded me of those like uh, toddlers in tiaras type shows. Oh yeah. Which I absolutely hate. But then, like, after that, they go down to the basement, they, the guy gets Stevie, he comes out, he has the lollipop shoved in his throat still, and is, and is like, wheeled out on a tricycle, and he gets absolutely just obliterated by a flamethrower. Well, he was already dead, so, lucky him. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the show dad wasn't that lucky, he just got straight, what's that called? Blowtorch to the Blow face. Blowtorched, Yeah. but apparently do you think there will be a sequel to this one uh yeah apparently there is a sequel coming around 2021 21 so this year yeah so that and it should go off the ending where poppy drives off in the car with the rest of the animatronics still in that stupid bird outfit yeah still in the owl outfit which is like figure it'll be another straight to dvd release probably i don't think this had enough following to warrant a uh theatrical release yeah i personally rate this movie about four out of ten not even a half nice yeah because like it did hit all the marks that i like like killer animatronics but like killer animatronics good practical gore i'm i'm very easily pleased but like everything else was just straight shit yeah like i said the they didn't have, like, big-name actors, obviously, with the budget they had. Yeah. But I think it should have been better. Like, I don't know. The acting was subpar. But, you know, for the people they got, the people were great. But I feel had it been a you know, bigger budget, bigger cast, they could have done more with this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, like, if, if you are looking for a killer animatronic movie, either go to Willy's Wonderland... Which is a great looking in movie so far. Yeah. Um, that's what's out this year. I've only seen the trailer, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've seen like a whole bunch of the backstage photos. It looks satanic and everything. Oh. It's a different take on it. Yeah, and there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie also coming out late this year. So I definitely suggest those over this one. But it is also a good movie to look at gore and laugh at, basically. Yeah, have a good time. Yeah, that's basically all my notes. Well, all right then. Um, and on that point, um, 
I think we'll put a wrap on the first episode. Yeah, we're sounds about, good to me. We're about 45 minutes in. That's not bad for a first episode, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it is. Um, so, yeah. Personally, it's uh, it's been a real scream. And uh, hopefully we can uh, throw down a few more episodes at least before people start hating us and uh, stop listening. Before the Germans get us. And then before the Germans get us. Because, you know, they're very relentless. Um, I'm going to start, uh, setting up a Twitter account. Um, so, uh, if you want to, we'll be posting like some photos and such coming up and some, you no know, hor- horror related tweet stuff. Uh, you can find us on at FD horror house on Twitter. Uh, like and subscribe to this if you wish. Uh, again, we're going to do more. We're going to do better. And, uh, it's just going to be a real, real hoot. Um, uh, so yeah. And on that note, um. Please come back for next week's episode. We uh, don't know what movie we're going to do next, but... Uh, we're planning on it. And if you follow Twitter, we'll definitely get to updates more or less oh, there. Absolutely. Uh, so, until next episode... It's been a real scream. And uh, we'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. <laughs>